1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Yes, it is. Good afternoon. Welcome to the program. I'm glad you stopped by KNSS right in the middle of your Saturday. And don't forget, if you missed it, of course, if I tell you this now and you're not listening, it won't help. com, or you can go direct to uh, com, and there's podcasts and such. And you can listen live there, too, if you're on the road like I am. I'm in Arkansas. Just uh, had a glorious week at the... Uh, Walton Art Center, staying with family here, and uh, uh, this was the 20th annual Art of Wine. And, oh, my God, winemakers dinner was magic, and uh, the event last night was uh, top dog. It was just a lot of fun. Maybe uh, later when I'm talking about the wine of the week, I'll tell you some more about that. And, by the way, the wine of the week available at Jacob Liquor Exchange, Louis M. Martini Napa Cab 2018 version, and it's a beauty. I got it open here. Sitting with me, we'll taste it together later. You have time right now to jump in the car, keep listening, go to Jacobs and uh, pick up a bottle. <sighs> but first, got to talk about grains. I know that may not sound very exciting to you at this very moment, but trust me, if you had this book, The Miller's Daughter, Unusual Flowers and Heritage Grains, it's stories and recipes from Hayden Flower Mill in Arizona. And Hayden Flower Mill was co-founded by Emma Zimmerman with her dad. Family business started in 2011, and they make the freshest and tastiest flowers from some of the world's oldest varieties of wheat. Uh, today, Hayden Flour Mills grows multiple different heritage and ancient grains, and the best part is how they mill it. They use a stone mill, and you can get it uh, most anywhere here locally. Uh, Whole Foods has it, and, of course, you can go direct to their website, and you, you're. it's really hard to remember this, HaydenFlowerMills.com. Emma Zimmerman, thank you so much for letting me interrupt your Saturday. How are you today?
0: Great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to make grains a little more exciting for everyone.
2: Well, I, I feel that the majority of the consumer public, and really me to a degree, uh, lack the knowledge and the experience with anything other than that powdery white substance that's uh, made by huge conglomerates and massive facilities. And that's probably about all we know. But I think that's you're going to help me fix it today.
0: That's right. So yeah. The,
2: uh, <laughs> Emma, I'm always, I'm always a fan of when the first part of a book uh, is worth the cost of the book. And, and, and your intro and you, do, uh, you 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 categorize it by sow, grow, harvest, and mill, tells the story of what you have done. And that alone, I mean, if if we had the time, I would love for you to put that in your own words and read the whole thing. But let's just start at the beginning. First, uh, I think you have such an interesting story how uh, you gave up your Ph.D. and came back home and, and why you did that. And uh, lead us up into what in the world were you thinking when you started this with your dad?
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I was working on a PhD in neuroethics, neuroscience and bioethics, all very cutting edge. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, my dad started talking about um, getting this mill started and he was just kind of a hobby um, miller at that point just into making bread and um there's a historic mill in our town so i'm i'm in um phoenix arizona and there's hayden flower mills is a, is a old mill and it's been sitting empty and but it's such an icon and everyone knows it um and we were like oh we could restart it um and like but more similar to how it was in in the late 1800s with stone milling and these local grains um I just was. Uh, my dad is a great storyteller too, so he can be persuasive. Um, I was really captivated by this idea and just, um, you know, doing something that's really tangible, not like philosophy of you know neuroscience. Getting to just be in in the food world is just so grounding. Um, and of course, everyone loves bread, so <laughs> that was an easy sell. But yes, I moved back home and started just working on this with my dad and we had a great time working together and, and we, it, the timing was just right. And people were really looking for more flavor and nutrition, I think in their, their flowers and grains. Um, so we partnered with some local chefs and that really helped us get started. And, you know, before we knew it, we just kept scaling up bigger and bigger mills, although not that big, <laughs> they're still very artisanal size, but bigger than the one in the garage. Um, yeah, yeah, now we're, we're in stores and, um, all over the country. And so, uh, but we're still, you know, we still think of it as our, as our passion, our hobby, our, uh, the reason I get to hang out with my dad every day. So um, (laughs) we've come a long (laughs) way, but it still, it still feels like, a um, we just started.
2: Well, that's good. Does he still call at nine o'clock in the morning to share a great idea?
0: that's yep yep yeah and i tell him <laughs> the book how my dad just can't stop he always has a new idea every day and so i told him that's fine dad but you can only tell me one a day that's it you have you have a limit <laughs> So
2: oh, i love that um yeah
0: i've always uh, traced myself if, if my dad says he has an idea you just go oh what's it gonna be
2: <laughs> i love it well that's cool um <laughs> I went to pilot training at Williams Air Force Base, and I used to get oh, up early okay. on Saturday or Sunday, and I'd go riding my motorcycle as the sun's just starting to come up,
0: and yeah.
2: I I saw wheat, and I always thought, uh, wheat in the desert, who would have thought? You know, it's not Kansas. Yeah. Uh, but in the irrigation systems that helped make all that happen, it just was very interesting. I, I imagine people... Raise an eyebrow when you tell them you're growing ancient grains in essentially in the desert.
0: That's right. Yeah, you kind of think of the Midwest as being where wheat comes from. Um, but we specifically try to find these older varieties of grains and they happen to be adapted to our arid climate and they grow really well out here. They just thrive, they take less water. And we do, yeah, we do have to irrigate the crops. Um, but they take less water, which is great. And, um, yeah, we, there's some things that we can't grow out here and we just, we just focus on the things that do really well. Like white Sonora wheat is one of the heritage grains we really focus on. And that's one of the first wheats that came to North America from Europe. Um, and so it had been grown here for a long time and actually in Northern Mexico and, um, what is now Arizona and Southern California. So it's kind of cool to see that um, finally kind of come back and see it thrive here. I and the, and the more you save your seed and replant it, the, the healthier and kind of the, the more that crop adapts. So we've seen that too over the last 10 years. Um, but, yeah, I w- I'd love to know more about this uh, Williams Field uh, uh, pilot days. That sounds like a whole other story there. <laughs> so it's fun that yeah, you're familiar uh, yeah. with Arizona.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we we <laughs> lived on base, but my wife had a horse in Chandler, and, and uh, boy, it's grown a lot. And I imagine it's grown up around your wheat fields to mm-hmm. a degree.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, just where we're – where we're growing our wheat is some of those fields are, you know, within 10 years are now houses. So it is, yeah, that's just what's happening in Arizona, but we, we still have um, plenty of, plenty of land um, to grow on um, out here. So
2: talk a little bit about the challenge of finding uh, some of these ancient grains and, uh, you know, the the seed preservation idea and and, and why it's so important and you, and you guys are, Directly contributing to the continuation of some of these magic grains that that are not overly processed, and but finding the seeds must have been a challenge.
0: Yes, yeah, that's what we didn't realize when we started. We, you know, we had the mill and we had chefs interested, and then we were we were like, okay, well, what do we mill? What do we? Where's the the wheat? So that was a big part. By the first five years of our business was just. Um, Tracking down seeds, sometimes we'd find these really cool varieties, and they'd be in a seed bank. So there'd just be maybe like a pound of seed, and and you start with a pound, and you grow it one year, and you then you replant it and replant it until you you know it multiplies quite quickly, but it does take time. So that was really fun to 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 find these obscure seeds that had been forgotten and. No one was eating anymore. Um, one of those is Bluebeard Durham. It's a pasta wheat. That's just phenomenal. Um, and a farmer um friend yeah, grew that out from a handful of seeds. Um, and so and now chefs are go crazy for it, you know. So it's it's really that was really fun. It's kind of it's like anyone that's into collecting anything, it's it's similar where you're hunting and you're, you know, looking for these varieties. And there's so many varieties. I mean we we are just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's so many varieties that have been forgotten. Um, yeah, modern modern farming, um, as people know, is a lot of um, buying seeds from a, a seed breeder um, yearly. So you're not necessarily um, saving your seeds and replanting them. You're not using these older varieties, um, and that's where we're really focused on bringing back these heritage pre-industrial varieties um, that we've we, we've lost this biodiversity in our food system and that's, you know, really, it's important for our soil health and, and the planet, but just, um, I mean, for me, I always tell people it's, it prevents boredom, like you have so many more <laughs> colors to paint with, you know, um, and and the flavor really speaks for itself. And that's why I wrote the book. Cause I, was, I just really want people just give it a try. So having recipes in there that are not intimate, you know, that anyone could feel comfortable, like, okay, maybe I'll try this pancake or a waffle um, or a banana bread with farro flour or iron corn flour um, maybe you don't want to become a sourdough bread baker, but you could make a pancake <laughs> and, and taste that difference with, <laughs> with these flowers. So. I don't know. Uh,
2: I want my wife to become a sourdough bread baker. She makes good bread, but using traditional yeah. flours that you buy at the grocery store. And, uh,
0: yeah, we're, we're oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, well. yeah, this changes things. Yeah, I don't bake bread, Um, but yeah, my dad, my dad is still, that's his hobby. He was actually, he was a, I, I, Stole one of his loaves this morning. (laughs) That's that's what I say. I'm like, I don't need to bake bread. I just can steal it from from uh, my parents' house. Well,
2: but you know, uh, you've got a lot of great recipes in the book, and we'll kind of touch on some of those. But to me, the whole story of how you guys got started and 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 how you have to uh, I I want to say compete, but I don't think it's the right word. You're you're not competing with these big mills that. That uh, that produce tons and tons of white flour. You, mm-hmm. You're competing on a different different level, and that, that's such a challenge. It's obvious that uh, you know it takes a lot of work, and there's a it's not as automated and, and vastly produced product like the big guys. Mm-hmm. But man, when I look at the book and some of the recipes you put in here, well, we're we're gonna we're heading home today, and I'm I'm, I'm heading over to Whole Foods as soon as we get home.
0: Yes, yes.
2: (laughs) Well, look, with us, I I need to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's in the book. And, folks, if you want to learn more, and you should, go to HaydenFlowerMills.com, H-A-Y-D-E-N, FlowerMills.com. And uh, there's one little thing in the book that says uh, they put cute little sayings sometimes in the top box top of the the flower. And one of them says, take time to smell the flower and they can put it F-L-O-U-R, of course. I'm Guy Barrett. It's A Good Life. We'll be back with my guest. The book is called The Miller's Daughter and my guest is Emma Zimmerman. Uh, you, when you see the picture on the front cover, I don't know, it just makes me want to get in the kitchen and smell fresh bread. And if you've ever smelled fresh whole grain wheat, uh, it has a very unique aroma before you do anything with it. Uh, and of course here in Kansas, we can find wheat uh, I don't, I don't know if anybody's. Maybe we'll ask Emma when we get back if anybody in Kansas is growing heritage grains. But that's what we're talking about, and some great recipes in the Miller's Daughter Cookbook. And uh, it's more than a cookbook; it's a great read. We'll be right back. Don't go away.